Welcome to Inside the Path to Success podcast, brought to you by Opulus, where you go behind the scenes with financial planners Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh to hear stories about how leading entrepreneurs, millennials, professional athletes, and coaches navigate the natural challenges that arise on the path to success and how to advance to the next level. And now, here are your hosts from Opulus, Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh. All right, here we go. Uh, Crypto month. Today, we're going to be focusing all on blockchain. Um, Basically, we want to outline a few things we're going to be going through. Uh, We're going to be going through what is blockchain? How does it work? Why is it important to our world today and the future? What are some of the potential problems we have today? And then obviously, what are some of the use cases and uh, where could it take us in the future? Anything I missed there, Ray? Right on point. All right, so let's get rolling here. So essentially... Hopefully, you guys have seen some of our posts. Now, we've dove in a little bit into it, but you know, as we've been mentioning, we want to take a few minutes each week to kind of go into a little bit of a podcast, dive a little bit deeper for those that are interested. So essentially, a blockchain is the foundation of all cryptocurrency. And what that means is it is a secure, decentralized database that can basically track and manage transactions on a ledger that's public for everyone to see, which in broad terms just means that it's secure and trustworthy. So how is that different from like what we have today? So say you want to go buy a house today, right? If you went to, you know, someone and said, hey, I'd love to to purchase your house. I see it's for sale. And they said to you, okay, perfect. Like, let's not get anyone else involved. Let's just handle it. Just me and you. You'd probably be a little concerned and be like, okay, this is, this is kind of shady, right? So you probably wouldn't be comfortable with that, right? So, so essentially that is why today we have middlemen. We have intermediaries that get involved, whether it's, you know, banks, title companies, you know, all these kinds of people, right? And what have we learned from this stuff over history is that these intermediaries and middlemen typically are not the most trustworthy people as well, and they often come with very large fees. So what blockchain is essentially trying to do is cut that person out, right? So essentially what it's trying to do is make this a more trustworthy more honest and secure system for everyone to basically manage any kind of transaction. Now, this is not currently happening at the moment. At the moment, all you essentially know of blockchain is through digital assets, which is fine. Today, we're going to kind of go through how this stuff works and where it could be going in the future. So, Ryan, why don't you go into a little bit about how an actual blockchain works? It's not as complicated and as scary as a lot of people think. And, and just for reference here, forget about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, everything else. A blockchain is really composed of two pieces, a block of information and a chain that links the next piece of information to the previous one. So every block in the blockchain is filled up with data and information. This could be real estate transactions and records like you mentioned, Fran. This could be uh, financial data of debits and credits, similar to what you see on a, a bank portal login that you have, but a block simply just contains information. And that block of information, once it is filled up to its capacity, is linked to a new block. So that new block of information is created by what they call a node, and a special node that's called a miner. All that miner does is it verifies information. My peanut brain, when I was first learning about this stuff, I'm like, what is this miner? What are they actually digging for? Like, I don't get it. Like, the reality is all a miner does is solves a sophisticated math problem, and that math problem is designed to verify the information and the data that's on the new block and the previous block to make sure 
everything is synced up and everything is validated and everything is legit. To your earlier point, very similar to what intermediaries do and middlemen's do, like banks, financial institution, wire companies, uh, title companies, things of that nature, right? So that's all you really need to know. It's a block of information that's linked to another that is verified and validated via nodes and miners. Now, and I think one thing that's important to note too, when you hear miners and nodes, right, it sounds like it's very complex. It sounds like there's these geniuses behind the scenes doing these things, right? And they're not in a coal mine. They're not digging in the dirt, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Yeah, It's not this super complex system, right? anyone could be a miner, right? All it is is buying a few different pieces of technology, attaching them to a computer and just letting them run in your house, right? A lot of people probably have a friend or someone they know of or have heard of that quote unquote mines Bitcoin or Ethereum, right? And essentially all that means is they've bought the the proper programming and and, um, stuff you need to attach to your computer and they essentially run a program that solves these math problems that keeps the blockchain moving, verifies and secures the transactions and they get rewarded for it in whatever token or coin that is that they are they are serving on that blockchain. Yeah, exactly. It's just a software program that's running an algorithm. Yep. Simple as that. Yep. So in our world today, why is this stuff important? Why why does it matter to the average the average person at home? Yeah, well, I think there's three main reasons that that this can be very important is first and foremost, it can make transactions, finances, and a lot of other things cheaper, faster, and more inclusive, right? You look at our world, for example, like in traditional wealth management, stock buying and purchasing, um, for so long, it was exclusive to wealthy individuals, because banks, stock exchanges could not make enough money off of someone investing a dollar. Right. So at a minimum, blockchain can become more inclusive because when you remove those intermediaries, you move a lot of the fees and restrictions of access when you replace that with an algorithm that can be much more cost effective and at larger scales as time go on. The other thing is cheaper, right? One of the books that we were reading on blockchain, it gives this example of what gets to China quicker or to Asia quicker if you were sending something, shipping an anvil or money. Believe it or not, the answer is an anvil because there's so many intermediaries that a dollar to convert to a yen to actually legitimize it, get it through all these government regulations. Well, and now you can ship an anvil cheaper, believe it or not. Maybe not today with yeah. <laughs> the COVID issues, but under normal circumstances. Maybe pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Like the, the timing of it, you could get that thing there quicker. Um, and with technology, the internet and money today and just information, it shouldn't take that long, right, to, to get records and transactions and currencies to places around the world. Now, listen, in the U.S., it does happen pretty quickly, not as quickly as a lot of people may think or that it appears on the surface for things to actually settle and to be verified and legitimatized, which I know you're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, But the reality is, is algorithms are cheaper than middlemen. So it's so important because we can have transactions, whether it be money, real estate transactions, or or a lot of other things we'll get into here in a minute, can be faster, cheaper, and more inclusive. So, So that's kind of the first thing of why it is so important. But the other thing is, we talked about this, I just talked about this a little bit, but the fact that we can eliminate middlemen and intermediaries is huge. Now listen, the intermediary business makes up about 20% of the US GDP. We just had a post on this. So this will cause, potentially cause, massive disruption in the job marketplace, but also you know could create a lot of great new jobs. But I've gone through the process of, of buying and selling homes, 
and anyone else, like a lot of our clients do, how much money is spent just on verifying that, yes, I do own this property, or yes, the person I'm buying from does own this property. There's no liens against it. I can't have the ability to own it outright. Tens of thousands of dollars, unnecessarily, really, right? And by getting an inter get rid of the intermediary and getting a blockchain type technology in there can really make things a lot more streamlined and and simplified there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, going back to one of the things you said, there's a couple crazy stats that we had read in this book we were reading. Essentially, you know, one of the huge benefits to blockchain technology, uh, verifying transactions on a blockchain network is 1,000 times faster than on the traditional stock market. Essentially, a stock market takes about three days for a trade to settle and for all that information to be validated and secured, right? So that in and of itself isn't crazy. Then you go one step further and you think about, you go to the grocery store, you buy a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and you know a steak for, for dinner tonight, right? That transaction takes four months on your credit card to be verified, secured, you know, all that stuff. And you think about like the crazy fees that you pay to, you know, credit card companies, your bank, like all this kind of stuff. And it takes that long for that stuff to be secured. Whereas on the blockchain technology, you don't have to deal with any of those people. You don't got to pay any of these crazy fees. And it all happens in a matter of minutes. And it's, that's it. It's done. Um, it's just so crazy to think that, you know, like this isn't going to be the way moving forward, right? The only way I don't think it would is, you know, if people or governments get involved to try to, to shut it down because of the the job loss that could happen. But, um, you know, at this point, I think it's something that, that might be ine- inevitable when you think about the amount of money that there is that's just seamlessly going to waste um, when these things could be happening much more rapidly, um, which kind of gets us into the next point, though. It's not a bulletproof system. There's certainly some issues. It's not this this absolute gold mine that uh, that it kind of sounds like when you know, it's on the surface. So, you know, like, let's go a little bit into into some of the problems that that we might run into with blockchain, both now and in the future. Yeah, we'll talk about the problems, and obviously, we'll get into like some of the direct use cases of where it could be applicable. But three main problems that that are there is one. And what we're doing, right? We're trying to explain this stuff so the general public can understand it. Because if the general public doesn't understand it, it's never really going to materialize as it should. Because yep. as we mentioned, 20% of the US GDP is, is, makes their money off of intermediary services. Yep. Guess what? Those companies do not want to lose that 20% GDP. So the more that the general public can understand it, embrace it, and and be advocates that they'd like to use this technology, the better off we're going to be of having this take off, right? The second thing is the amount of energy it uses, right? So the the Bitcoin blockchain um, ecosystem, so during some of the last research, uses about $100 million worth of energy a year. That's a lot of energy. Yep. Right. Uh, and, and you you had to give me some stat yeah, earlier went, while we were talking around Ireland. That was that... Um, Bitcoin already surpasses 159 countries in energy use a year, and then most recently just surpassed the country of Ireland, which is, you know, obviously a pretty decent size. Yeah, country. Pretty big, just, I've heard of Ireland before, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big country. So, so that's an issue, right? It, the blockchain ecosystem uses a ton of of energy. Now, counter argument to that is, so do does our current financial institutions yep. between the armored trucks they use, the vaults that they use 
power in the skyscrapers that they have. They, they use a ton of energy as well, right? So scalability-wise, is there's some research that shows the blockchain and the Bitcoin network and everything else could eventually use less energy dollar for dollar than our current system uses for it. But but that's a problem that has to be solved. So hopefully there's more innovation that comes out with that, with, with clean energy resources to, to mitigate that, right? And, and the third piece of that is obviously jobs is we know a lot of people in our personal networks, right, and just in our communities that they they make their living off of the companies that provide these intermediary middlemen services, right? Uh, so those people obviously should not be pushed out of it, but but we need to adapt, right? We need to innovate to create new jobs, which I'm sure this thing will, um, but then also to to make sure that certain people are protected as well so that we can embrace this technology, but also make sure we're taking care of, you know, 20% of the population's GDP as well. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing is when you talk about 20% of the, you know, the US has jobs in these roles, not only are, is it about educating the public, but as we all know, people don't like change, right? So if people are, even if it's not the most efficient system, right? People just like knowing how things work. They're like, okay, this is what I'm used to. I don't care if it takes three days. Like, this is like, this is what I know. I'm okay with it. Like, I got my guy down at the bank. He gives me a call once every every couple months. He like tells me, oh yeah, things are all good. You know, whatever. So trying to change that mindset from people of getting people to change in general is hard. You know, and then when you throw it on top of it, the jobs, the energy, all this stuff, it's it's a major hurdle to climb until there's going to be like mass adoption on this kind of stuff. Um, but I think the other thing is just, inside of the blockchain itself. Um, you know, like I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people really talk about is like the security, the privacy. Um, you know, people don't know who you are when you're on these on your crypto wallets operating on the blockchain. Um, that That's not entirely true. Like people still have an ability to see all the things that you do, right? It is a public ledger. So if you're a big enough person, individuals are able to kind of figure out who you are which is just a slight problem because I think there there just needs to be a bit more transparency on that side that it's not like a foolproof system, right? You're not you're not an invisible person online, right? People have an ability if they really wanted to, you know, look at every transaction on your on your individual um, ledger and kind of figure out who you are. So I think that's one other thing. Um, and the way I've thought about this before is is you know, normally you have like a your private key, right? Or your public yep. key that's this long hashtag of random letters, numbers, and symbols. Yep. I just think about it as like a phone number, right? Yep. Like I have my phone number. If I just left my number around town, no one would know who I actually am, mm-hmm. right? With what that number is. But through enough digging and research, as you mentioned, you could probably tie it back to me in some way, shape, or form if you saw all the text messages I sent, where I sent them, the calls that I made, it could get traced back to me some way, shape, or form eventually. Now, if I had 5, 10, 15 phone numbers and randomly used them all at different times for different purposes and reasons, yeah. right? Yeah. Then it'd be much harder to track me down the road. So so that's a good example that, that you gave. For sure. All right. So let's talk about some of the use cases both now and in the future, right? Obviously, today, the two that everyone knows about, right, is just simply... Crypto, especially Bitcoin, Ethereum, right? All these different blockchains that are out there for different cryptocurrencies and crypto networks. Alongside with that, NFTs are probably one of the most popular conversations that everyone's having. You know, whether you you're into them or whether you're like, how the hell are 
pictures of monkeys and bears selling for $3 million, right? There is no denying that it is a very popular topic right now. But those are clearly the two major things that are operating on blockchain right now. Some of the potential uses in the future are really interesting. Um, Just some things that are potentially down the line. Uh, Music royalties, um, real-time lot operating systems, anti-money laundering systems, supply chain and logistics. Um, one of my favorite ones, I mean, other than you know real estate and those other things we talked about, one of my favorite ones I think is really interesting to talk about is voting, is a potential blockchain use case, um, which I think is interesting to talk about because I don't think anyone- Because we have no issues with our voting system <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. I don't think anyone out there would deny that uh, this is a, the voting- at least thought process in America is a, is a severe issue as, um, you know, there's arguments every year, whether there's fair voting, whether there's cheating going on and, you know, like who knows, right. At the end of the day, I think every year there's some woman out every in the, year, all sides, some woman out in Nebraska gets caught with, <laughs> with 300 ballots in the trunk of her car. It's like, okay, whatever. But you know, turns out there's scumbags everywhere in some, yeah, some level. Yes. Right. So there's stuff happening, right. No matter what, but, one thing that's really interesting when you think about the voting is like, hey, on the blockchain, it cannot be tampered with. Everything has to be verified. And everyone, if everyone was assigned just one vote per, you know, their block, it would be a really interesting now, now don't get me wrong, I don't think this will ever happen. But it's an interesting thought process that, hey, it could solve a real world problem. Um, you know, that otherwise I don't see another solution that could give you the clear transparency security and honesty that blockchain offers. Um, so that's just a few things that I think could be down the line that would, you know, solve major problems that, that we have in the world today. Um, but I know you had a couple other ones too, that, that were, you know, much more realistic in things that have just previously happened. Yeah. So a great example could be back in 2016, there was these huge earthquakes in Haiti that, you know, decimated their country, right? So the Red Cross raised money uh, and people donated about $500 million, right, to the Red Cross that was eventually given to to the Haitian country. Well, it turns out only about $250 million of that $500 million has actually ever been accounted for and used, right, for, for the benefit of Haiti. So the other $250 million, we don't know. But with the blockchain technology, if it was donated on a blockchain, a public blockchain that the Haiti or the Red Cross had, every dollar that I donated, you donated hypothetically, or the other $500 million that was there would be able to be public see, publicly seen and see where that got spent and how it got spent. So there would be so much more trust right, in that system and just in donating in general and philanthropy um, ventures that you go down to know that, yeah, you know, where I'm putting my money is actually going towards something that I thought it was going towards, not just $250 million poof into the air, right? Yeah. And then other examples could be taxes. So I don't know about you, but we look at tax returns from our clients or people, they're paying thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I haven't talked to too many of our clients, and you feel free to disagree with me on this, that say, man, you know what? I really feel good about where my tax dollars were going this year. <laughs> you know, It's just, just the reality that, that we have this inherent distrust in the system of where our taxes are actually going, what they're being spent on, and how they're being used. Right? It would be, bring so much more trust in the full faith and credit of our U.S. government 
that if there was a public open taxpayer blockchain to see where is our money going, where is it going out to, how is it being spent, so that, you know, come tax time, I don't feel maybe as bad about giving my tax dollars to to the government, right? But I think most people we talk to, there's just an inherent distrust because there's no transparency into where our dollars are actually going and what they're actually going towards, right, for us. Yeah. No, I don't think you could have said it any better. Um, I think those are two great examples, right? Because I think those are pretty much the two biggest problems when we have money, right? When people donate to charities, they they most get concerned about, hey, is my money actually going to something useful or... Am I paying someone's salary at the end of the day, right? Or B, like when I'm paying taxes, am I am I actually going towards, you know, doing things that people need, like building roads, bridges, right? Like infrastructure, things that benefit actually like me and other Americans in my town and city, you know, or is it going towards, you know, funding war efforts or something that you have no interest in, right? Like just at the end of the yep. day, just like you said, the transparency, the honesty, all that kind of stuff is just so important. Which is why this, you know, technology could be so powerful in the future. Um, you know, I think we're on the same page in, in hoping that it does end up accomplishing some of these things for, you know, not only, um, you know, our sake, but I think for everyone's sake, because just because we always like to preach transparency and honesty are the two most important things, not only in our business, but I think in e- it should be in everyone's business. Yeah, a hundred percent, right? And ultimately, if it makes things cheaper, faster more transparent so I know where my tax dollars are going, where my donations are going, or if I just want to know where this fat steak came from and did it really come from an organic grass-fed farm yeah. <laughs> or not out in Montana, or did it come from you know some, some other place where I don't want to be eating that food from? I think that's the ultimate deal. Faster, cheaper, more transparent can create a, a bigger, better world for not just us here in the U.S., but globally. Yeah, and I think the, the last point I would leave with is that it's not a perfect system. 100%. It's never going to be, right? But I think if we can all look at the positives and some of the negatives and say, okay, is this going to be a net good for us in one year, three year, five year, 10 years from now? Um, then I think it's something that's worth you know pursuing and pushing towards for the you know greater good of all of our lives. So, no doubt. Uh, yeah. So with that, hope you guys enjoy. Anything else? I'm good. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thank right, you. See If you want even more insights on the path to success, follow Ryan and Fran at Opulus LLC on Instagram and Facebook. Or check us out on the web at www.opulus.us. Lastly, the content of this podcast is not to be viewed as personal investment, legal, or tax advice. You should always consult with a professional advisor before implementing any topics discussed. If you want even more insights on the path to success, follow Ryan and Fran at Opulus LLC on Instagram and Facebook. Or check us out on the web at www.opulus.us. Lastly, the content of this podcast is not to be viewed as personal investment, legal, or tax advice. You should always consult with a professional advisor before implementing any topics discussed.